I'm not one who's given to referring to newspaper uh, editorials in my homilies, especially ones that would be written by authors that I very often don't agree with. But I read one recently in the Finger Lakes Times that has me thinking. It was written by an Episcopalian minister from Geneva who regularly writes in the paper under the name Denim Spirit. Must, must be an old hippie. And it was entitled, Remember That You Are Dust. The main theme seems to be a warning against not just going through the rituals of Ash Wednesday and Lent, of just getting our ashes, without considering the real meaning and the significance of our own mortality. I think he has a good point, even though maybe he was ready to tar everyone with the same brush. But it is true that there's always danger in our religious practice that it can become uh, so automatic that we miss the deeper realities of the faith. Even Christmas and Easter, for example, can become, for the most part, occasions for parties, for eating special foods, and a good excuse for decorating the house. I remember when I was a child, uh, a lot of friends would give up candy for Lent. Now what you do in Lent is you eat as many Cadbury eggs as you possibly can before Easter arrives. It's kind of gotten upside down. So the gritty ashes that we receive on our forehead on Ash Wednesday are reminders of the need for us to confront our own sinfulness, to turn away from sin and to be faithful to the gospel, to repent and to believe, and to remember that we are dust. They remind us of the struggle, the struggle that we even see Jesus engaged in in our gospel today. The struggle in today's gospel is one of the most colossal ones ever in the history of the world between the powers of good and evil because it was directly between the Lord of glory and Satan himself, the father of lies, the prince of darkness. This gospel is read every year on the first Sunday of Lent. But the question comes up, how could Jesus, God from God, and light from light, be tempted? Well, we need first to realize that temptation is not just about sin, for we know that Jesus could not sin. The word really means to be put to the test. That's why we can pray every day, lead us not into temptation, not because God the Father might try to get us to sin, but because we don't want to be put to the test, for we know all too well our own personal weaknesses. We know what they are. So is Lent then a struggle? One that we voluntarily take upon ourselves on Ash Wednesday? Well, not really. Lent is a time when we open our eyes and recognize the struggle, the struggle that we face every day, the struggle that is always there. If we are not reminded of our mortality, of our need to repent and to set things aright, we will not pass the test. We will give in to temptation and we will fall into sin. And Lent awakens us. The three practices, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Prayer uh, helps us to set aright our relationship with God. In almsgiving or works of mercy, 
we strive to set a right our relationship with our neighbor. And in fasting, works of penance and self-denial, we set us uh, in their proper place our inner passions and enable our will to control our bodily desires rather than those desires controlling us. So we must look at our scriptures today. First, that wonderful story of how God set the rainbow in the sky after the great flood had washed the stain of evil from the face of the earth, of how he promises as well to establish his covenant with his people. And consider the words of St. Peter in our second reading today, when he speaks of the promise of a new flood, the flood of God's grace poured out upon us in baptism so that we too can be saved from our sins and achieve salvation. And then the gospel. It is here that we find one of the phrases that can be used on Ash Wednesday, repent and believe in the gospel. And so the 40 days of the great flood in Noah's time, the 40 days of fasting and temptation in the desert that Jesus endured, as well as the 40 years that the people of Israel wandered in the desert after being freed from slavery in Egypt, the 40 days in which Elijah fasted and walked through the desert, and the 40 days that the people of Nineveh had to repent of their sins, all of these provide for us a pattern that is followed in the 40 days of Lent. And when we think of those stories, we realize how simple, how easy Lent is in comparison to those trials. But in Mark's Gospel today, it's different than Matthew's and Luke's account because we don't read of all the details of the temptation. But there's an intriguing phrase there in today's Gospel that I think can give us a good and true focus for our Lent this year. He was among wild beasts, the Gospel said, and the angels ministered to him. Is there anyone here who has not experienced the sense of being among wild beasts, the wild beasts of our present age, abortion, suicide, terrorism, religious persecution, the threat of rogue states acquiring and even using nuclear weapons, the opioid epidemic, which has killed more people in Ohio alone than died in the entire Vietnam War. And then our own personal wild beasts. Addictions to drugs, to internet pornography, our spiritual laziness, our everyday dishonesties, our distrust in God himself, thinking he won't take care of me. And so why bother trusting him to begin with? Who here has never experienced the feeling of being among wild beasts? Well, Jesus did, and he understands when you call out to him in desperation, in repentance, and in a willingness to commit yourself and your family into his hands. But here's the rub. And the angels ministered to him. Jesus himself, God from God, light from light, was between the beasts and the angels, And so are you. May this Lent 
this prelude to Easter, always remind you that, yes, we might feel hemmed in by wild beasts, but we're on the side of the angels. Lent reminds us of this struggle. It does not create the struggle. But when things seem to be the darkest, when the beasts seem to roar the loudest, remember God's rainbow will appear in our lives and remind us of his presence. For Christ has conquered sin and death, and the angels are on our side.